everyone, and welcome to She's All That Minute. The 1999 movie about not changing who you are because you're probably already Hollywood beautiful. She's All That. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. Had to pause there for a second to make sure that there wasn't anything else coming. (laughs) Who knows? And we're at minute one. Minute the first. Minute the first. Which... I have beginning with the Miramax logo Mm -hmm. and going through Rachel Lee Cook getting some more paint. Yeah. So minute one is always, I'm sure, Aaron's favorite part of the the movie minutes uh, where we talk about companies, just like a Mm -hmm. bunch of companies. Um, Corporate America. So the first thing we see is the Miramax logo. It was founded in 1979 by Bob Weinstein. Um, In like the early to mid 90s, it was like, indie movies like if you were in a cool like avant-garde basically if you were quentin tarantino or kevin smith you well those two specifically did release through miramax but like that kind of thing (laughs) where it was like edgy and kind of like new formats of stuff were Mm -hmm. were on miramax then disney bought miramax well uh actually weirdly disney bought them in 93 so that was before pulp fiction Oh, hmm. anyway, was, was Pulp Fiction a Miramax? Yep, movie. Oh, yeah. right, because Tarantino. Right. Uh, then Miramax was sold by Disney to Filmyard Holdings, a joint venture of Colony North Star, Tudor Saliba Corporation, and Qatar Investment Authority. After 17 years, so basically they're owned by like a nameless monolithic corporation now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So the top five films according to popularity that they have released. Uh, Counting Down, uh, number five, Tropic Thunder, number four, Apocalypse Now, number three, No Country for Old Men, number two, Pulp Fiction, and number one, The Gentleman, which astounded me because I've heard of four of those. And And that's not the, not, that's the one you haven't heard of. Right. I think I also have not heard of that one. Did it have Robert De Niro in it? Uh, possibly. Possibly. No, that was was that the Irishman? Yeah, the Irishman was that recent okay, Netflix one. The Irishman one. was the one that I was thinking of, which I haven't seen, but Kevin watched it, and so I was vaguely aware of it being on the TV for like seven hours. It's a very long movie. Yeah, it, I it, don't know what the gentleman is. Uh, it's a 2019 action comedy film written, directed, and produced by Guy Ritchie, who developed the, the story along with two other guys, starring your buddy Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding. Uh, Colin like Farrell Charlie and Hunnam Hugh Grant. And Henry Golding. Okay, well, I like everybody there except for McConaughey. So right. maybe I should check out select parts of that movie. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, the Irishman. The only thing I know about it is one. Uh, I guess Scorsese. Two. Mob. Three. Just really long. Just mm-hmm. like really long. Yeah, Kevin said it was really good, but yeah. really long. Yeah, it feels like the um, the Order of the Phoenix of Scorsese movies, where yeah. it's like, you could cut stuff, but you're Martin Scorsese, so I guess, thank you, we'll, here's your truck of money. Yep. Um, then, as we see the Miramax logo, uh, we hear a song fade up. It's What's weird about this movie also is that um, I'm not immediately... the The two songs we've heard so far... Uh, in these in these first in this first week, I'm familiar with neither of them. 
And that's okay. weird coming out of Can't Hardly Wait, where I'm like, I know that one and that one and that one and that one. Yeah. Um. So the first song is by a band called Remy Zero. Um, and right, it's called good old Pro- Remy Zero. Go Remy Zero. Actually, I think I, I spent a, a good five minutes looking for uh, when they recorded the theme song to Veronica Mars, and that's not them. So No, that's not them. That's the Danny Warhols. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, my friend Andy was into both Remy Zero and uh, Danny Warhols. Remy Zero are on the um, Garden State soundtrack, which uh, for a lot of people uh, our age and maybe five years younger is the only soundtrack that they own, um, which is fine. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. Uh, this song was taken from their album Villa Elaine, and it charted on both the Modern Rock Tracks chart and the Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. I think they charted in like the mid to low 20s. So like... Okay. <laughs> charted it technically did um it was featured in the movies she's all that and the last kiss uh and it was featured in charmed episode one uh season one episode three thank you for not morphing all right do you ever you ever read titles that are like fun and kooky for shows you don't watch and you're like that seems fun and kooky not ever gonna watch it but yeah all right (laughs) 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 so uh, the, the the way the credits work for this movie are that we're going to get credits throughout uh, yes. the first, I think the first like three or four minutes. Yeah. Um. So we are introduced to our uh, main character. Well, we see we see someone working on some art. Mm-hmm. Um. They are doing. It looks like a collage, like a multi, uh, like a mixed media sort of newspaper print painting sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like newspaper. Like very like selective paper mache almost yeah, like dipping exactly. specific like ripped out headlines of newsprint right. in some sort of presumably glue type yeah. solution and then putting it on a thing and then painting over it. Do you remember when you first did paper mache? I don't know if I've ever done paper. No, that's a lie. I do remember the first time I did paper mache was to make masks the first year I did Pavon. Interesting. Okay. So we had to like lay it on our faces that with straws seems in our horrible. nostrils. That it seems was bad. Pretty awful. I was not a fan. I recall doing it in, I believe, fourth grade. We were constantly moving our desks together in that in that class. I swear to God. It was like Mr. Menzel was like, all right, we're going to have a ring structure. But then at the drop of a hat, we're going to clump those desks into groups of four just like that quick. Um, all right. And so what we did was take a balloon and wrap paper mache around it. Okay. And then pop the balloon and they have like a paper mache balloon. But I seem to recall he didn't tell us, could be why I wasn't paying attention, but I seem to recall it was like, just do it and then we'll see what cool thing happens. So I recall paper mache being sort of like a magician's trick where it was like, whoa, it does what? Um, okay. So it's wild, to, it's wild to now think of someone, or I guess, you know, 20 years ago, think of someone doing like art with it. But I'm, I mean, this seemed very like... High school art. Yes, this is what you do. Yes, that is actually a note that I have for this minute is um, this painting is sure something. Yeah. And later in the week, I have some thoughts on uh, tropes and yeah. and things that this leans into. There is a headline that is ripped out. Um, I was... I think you can tell that I've been itching for research by what I'm about to say. There was a headline that said riots in Mogadishu. So I was like, all right, what's Mogadishu? 
you know, <laughs> like a like an American, like you know, mm-hmm. all that American stuff. Yeah, it's based. It's the capital and most populated populous city of Somalia. Okay. And there was a battle during the Somalian Civil War, uh, which uh, was in in Mogadishu. Uh, they it's locally known as either Shamer or Hamer. Um, and I copied and pasted a bunch of stuff about the Somali Civil War. I don't want to bring down the whole uh, podcast, but it is ongoing, which is wild to me. Like it's still happening. Jeez. Yeah. I did not realize that. Me neither. But. It's a but Somalia in 1999 would have been fairly a pretty good topical liberal artsy stick it to the man uh sure. thing to to paste about. Um yeah. Yeah. I was like how what's my in on on talking about the Somali uh, civil war and it turns out the answer is just don't. Um, okay. Th- there's lots and lots of Wikipedia articles about it. It seems horrible and it seems poorly handled um both within and also america was like hey what's going on over here you know also typical american stuff yep it seems like maybe they're at a place where it's doing better now or something but it's not like solved okay if i'm so wrong about that all all our geopolitical experts who are listening to this show super at me let's let's get into talking about the somali civil war on this she's all that podcast uh Mm -hmm. Um, then we see a logo for Tapestry Films. Mm-hmm. I looked up Tapestry Films. It was incredibly hard to Google search, but IMDb had my back. Uh, th- one of the big claims to fame for Tapestry Films is they did uh, all those Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movies. Oh, I remember those movies. Yeah. so Like the I, TV movies? Yeah. Okay. I contacted like uh, Passport to Paris and uh, Billboard Dad. All these movies that I stocked when I worked at Zany Brainy. So I contacted an expert about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movies. Is it Lucy? It's Lucy. And I uh-huh. asked her what her favorite Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie was. And she said, they're all equally bad slash good in their own ways, but I personally love Holiday in the Sun. Okay. So if you are searching for that uh, tapestry film, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen inroad, our local expert, our, our genre expert, Lucy, has recommended Holiday in the Sun. My personal favorite, I believe, was called To Grandmother's House We Go. Oh, okay. It was like a Christmas one. Oh. I think. I don't remember much about it at all. I just remember watching it a lot. There was also a Halloween one. Mm. That I think... I'm pretty sure those were two different movies. Killing was Grandma one... was the Halloween one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sequel. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those... They let Quentin Those Tarantino direct one. Those made-for-TV kids movies. <laughs> Did you just say they let Tarantino direct that one? Just one. And he's like, just come on, one. I can do it. And they're like, this seems like a bad idea, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the top five uh, tapestry films. You will note that uh, none of them are American and Ashley Olsen, because oh. that's a travesty, I guess. According to IMDb, counting down for five, number five, Serendipity. Number four, The Wedding Planner. Number three, Van Wilder, which apparently officially is called Van Wilder Party Liaison, but I have never seen it referred to as that other than IMDb. Yeah. Maybe it's a British or Canadian title. Anyways, Mm -hmm. um, that's a great movie, and I really like the movie a lot. That Um, one's really good, yeah. Number two is She's All That. 
and number one is Wedding Crashers. Now, this is in okay. terms of popularity as opposed to box office, which I think is what I did for Crossroads. We're mixing it up. You never know what you're going to get uh, when yeah. you come to movie minutes. I have seen all but one of those movies. Let me see. Let me see. Um, see if you can guess which one I haven't seen. I, it has to be Wedding Crashers, but that... No. Is it Wedding I've Crashers? No, okay. I've seen that one. So it's not. It's that The Wedding Planner. Movie. The Wedding Planner. Oh, yeah. wait. Isn't that... Doesn't that have Matthew McConaughey in it? I think it does, doesn't it? <laughs> You know what? I have a brand. I think it does. And it also has J-Lo who sang the song I, Love Don't Cost I love a Thing. J-Lo. I you love J-Lo. I, I watched a Jimmy Fallon clip with her. I always forget how down to earth she is. Yeah. Like I always forget that she's just like chill and whatever. Yeah. She seems like she would be just like fun and normal to hang out with. Absolutely. And she, I think the, the, the thing is that like fashion stuff and like... uh you know, music video stuff has made me forget that she is just like, you know, I, I don't mean to quote this, but it's literally pertinent. She's literally just Jenny from the block. Like, yeah. Like, I for, like, do you ever, do you ever see, you're going to say no. Unless, I mean, unless you're going to blow my mind. Do you ever see the movie Money Train? No. Yeah. I've heard of it. It, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes are cops that keep Money from being stolen from trains? I don't is know. Is it weird that that sounds really good to me? Oh, I loved it. It was no, so good. No, but like you saying that plot, I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of am mad that I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's. I really enjoyed it. Um, And wait a minute. Uh, J-Lo is a, uh, like a, a transit, a, like she, a, a booth worker. Who get okay. like caught up and stuff. I have to go make sure that Yeah, Wesley Snipes and J Lo and Woody Harrelson. Wasn't Wesley Snipes and J and Woody Harrelson in White Man Can't Jump? Isn't that the same? I'm not Yep. I don't Snipes know. and Harrelson had appeared together in nineteen ninety two White Man Can't Jump. I never wow. saw that one. Uh Aaron, least surprising thing that you've said, I think this week probably, is that you haven't seen nineteen ninety two I guess it's a comedy, basketball comedy, uh, White mm-hmm. Men Can't Jump. Um, I've not seen it either, but I did know enough about it because my brain is full of that and not like yeah. how to dust a thing. Um, but yeah, Money Train is really good and she's in that and she feels really down to earth on that. I think, uh, so Serendipity was number five on that list, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- You know, I wonder if that movie is also one of the reasons that you had it in your head for a long time that I didn't like John Cusack. Oh, for sure. Well, that and High Fidelity. High, Fid- High Fidelity and Serendipity, I yeah. did not, like, actively did not like either of those movies. Like, yeah. they make me angry. Yeah. Um, But I love John Cusack. I love John Cusack, too. I just don't prefer his choice in um roles and movies that he chooses to be in. And I think, I think he um maybe is a don't follow on Twitter uh, personality. I think he's oh, no. sort of an... I don't think he, he's he's not conservative. He may just be grumpy, old school liberal. Oh, like, okay. Well, I've heard that he. I didn't even realize he was on Twitter. I thought he was kind of he like he may a, not be anymore. I thought he was kind of like a homebody who kind of keeps out of the spotlight as much as he can. I think that he is that, and then gets on Twitter to talk politics. Oh, and argue with people and stuff. Oh, I think. John Cusack, don't do that. Um, I followed him on my old Twitter account that I jettisoned into space. Um. Slash still have, but don't ever <laughs> check. Um, 
Okay, so then the last uh, company we have is Film Colony. And that, this one I just looked up on IMDb without Googling because I'd learned my lesson. Top five for them. I could find, like, nothing about them. So top five for them. The Nanny Diaries, which has is that Scarlett Johansson movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book, didn't see the movie. The, I saw the movie but didn't read the book. Kristen did both. The movie was fine. The book was fine. Yeah. I didn't uh, love it. it. I think there was a lot more hype than mm-hmm. it deserved. Yeah. Uh, Finding Neverland uh, was number four, mm-hmm. the Johnny Depp, J.M. Barry thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, Cider House Rules. Uh, the Toby Maguire and Michael Caine. Abortion, yeah. Um, yep. I read that book John this year. John Irving? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, wait. John Updike. John Updike. John Irving. No. What? Is, is it the opposite? Did... It's the opposite. It's the same guy who did Prayer for Owen Meany and World it According is. to Garp, right? Yeah, John Updike did, did the rabbit books. I get them confused because their name is both uh, John. Yep. It's a dumb thing, but it is the truth. Yep. Hey, no, same number <laughs> of letters, lots of vowels. I get it. Yeah. Um. He Wow, he won uh, Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for Cider House Rules. Hey, good for him. Yeah. John Updike didn't win anything for Cider House Rules. <laughs> Uh, you know it's and and he's still mad about it don't follow him on twitter it's really boring it's just him complaining about that i think he died a number of years ago um well maybe i'll cut that maybe maybe i won't we'll find out (laughs) it is also funny if if you have me quietly saying i think he died a couple of years ago so maybe (laughs) just cut um number two on this one is also she's all that so she's all that perennial silver medalist uh in terms of popularity on you know that tracks like that feels right <laughs> and number one was the hateful eight uh the tarantino never heard of that one western i think i think it's a tarantino western okay um there was a adam sandler movie that was called something like the ridiculous six that came out right around the same time i think i have not heard of that one either i have ne- seen neither of them i think the hateful eight might have zombies i'm not sure oh um quentin tarantino you can never actually tell what genre we're going to be dealing with or if it's going to be sort of a melange of genres i don't know if i would like tarantino zombies um they would either be really good or i would just not be into it did you ever see from dust till dawn i don't think so it's not tarantino it's robert ramirez um yeah richard, no i didn't no. see it robert richard? rodriguez richard ramirez robert. is the night stalker uh, okay. serial killer and robert rodriguez right. is the director that is quentin tarantino's buddy quentin tarantino is a co-star with george clooney in a movie about two bank robbers um and then in the middle uh the genre changes like 180 degrees vampires oh vampire oh okay it's not a vampire movie for the first uh three quarters and then it turns into, and it's one of the coolest reveals because you're like, it's, it's just really like this gritty kind of Pulp Fiction ask these two brothers on the run from the law. They go into this like cantina and it's like whatever. And then the doors close and lock and everyone's a vampire. Oh. It's really good. Interesting. Um, okay. Selma Hayek's in it too. Um, oh, I like her. Which, me too. Especially in that movie, if you know what I mean. 90s. Mm. Wink. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, Robert. Ice Cove is the director, and he gets a credit next. How I do credits on this show, it's weird to reintroduce all this stuff, is I'll talk about them. I do their top three. I, IMDb shows top four. I pick top three at some point, and that's just what I've gone with uh, ridiculously. Then I basically say other stuff I've heard of all that they've also done, 
And what I'm starting to do for this uh, movie is uh, what their first movie was. Like okay. their first uh, sort of time on a credited thing. Sometimes it'll be an actor with like a TV show. Sometimes like for this guy, it'll be something completely different. Kind of fun. Um, Robert Icecove directed From Justin to Kelly, this and Romeo and Juliet on Ice in 1983. Um, uh, like an ice capades type thing sort of or like Romeo of... and Juliet but at the end they end up in a very cold freezer uh I think it's the first one I couldn't find any YouTube videos uh featuring it that's unfortunate though. and yeah maybe for the best maybe for the best um he also directed that, would have, Boys <laughs> that would have been the blood drips heavily of this show yes it would have it very much would have uh he also directed Boys and Girls which had Freddie Prince Jr. Jason Biggs and Claire Forlani okay um which I recall being okay but not ever watching it more than once. Okay. Um, he also directed the 1997 uh, Brandy Cinderella with Whitney oh, Houston okay. and Brandy. Yeah. That was a good adaptation. Uh, yeah. I seem to recall uh, liking that version. You know, I said, yeah, like I'd seen it. I know it from reputation as being a good uh, adaptation, but I've never, I haven't seen it. But I think I can on Amazon Prime, I think. Okay. Um, I know I watched it when it was on TV originally. I have not seen it. I've seen like clips since then, right, but I have not right. seen it all the way through since it was on TV initially. Um, he also choreographed uh, the movie Jesus Christ Superstar in 1973. Okay. Um, which is cool for me because I like that musical and um, the movie I have also seen. Uh, I own it now, but I haven't watched it. So I'm going to watch it this year. But uh, I like that musical and it's cool that he did the choreography. Um, and we'll get to that in the in the trivia section. But uh, his first movie was he was choreographer for Burt Bacharach's Opus Three in 1973, where Burt Bacharach, who was a uh, popular singer, a musician, and songwriter, kind of did this thing where it's like, what if uh, popular musicians of the time were uh, being heard by like like Beethoven? Like, what would Beethoven think of Ray Charles? Okay. And stuff. It, it seemed weird. I could find very little about it, but apparently he did the choreography for it. So All right. So there's that. Um, his trivia, I also like to do a piece of trivia that I find interesting. He was seriously injured during the filming of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, he fell off of a wall of an amphitheater in Israel and broke several bones. Ow. So if that doesn't make you feel like God doesn't want you choreographing this movie, I'm not sure what else does, but I guess he went on through it with it. Well, um. <laughs> I am not familiar with Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical or the movie. Um, yeah. I have never seen either of them. Like I have some vague, like I know like the Jesus Christ right. Superstar and that's, that's yeah. all I know. Yeah. I mean, and truly like the source material also is kind of, Less less fuzzy than the musical, but perhaps I mean, more fuzzy than I'm about as familiar with the source material as I am with the musical. So that's I know I know the part where it goes, Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And that's it. That's yeah. it. That's all I know. That's my favorite part of the book of John. Uh-huh. Um John Updike wrote that book. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and that's what we call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> um, then then uh we see Rachel Lee Cook. She's doing art, as we said. Uh, her top three, this, by I have to imagine, about 50 miles. Then she played the voice of Tifa Lockhart in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which, even though it sounds like a video game, is actually a movie. Okay. Um, 
and also she plays Tifa Lockhart in other Final Fantasy things. And those are higher on the list than, say, the Babysitter's Club? Yeah. Or any of the other things she's done that I'm now drawing a blank on? Yeah, she was, um, her number three was Get, uh, Get Carter. Uh, she played Doreen, I think Get, no, Get, I'm thinking of Get Shorty. I don't know what Get Carter is. I don't know what that is. She was in a movie where she played a girl who was obsessed with the Kennedy assassination. Um. I would recognize the name of it if I heard it. Hold on. Get Carter was a Michael Caine movie. Then in... Oh. 19 no in 2000 they made did a remake with sylvester stallone as jack carter so she was in a <laughs> sylvester stallone movie which is well, okay unexpected and then let's see what is the name of the i also uh it really bugs me that she has an a in her name like yeah. rich ale because... yeah you can't you don't intuitively spell it that way yeah is it perception no let me look at her imdb i'll i'll find it oh okay. nancy drew Huh? Remember that? Remember that Nancy Drew, where Nancy Drew invested the investigated the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. That was a very good one. <laughs> I, that was my favorite Nancy Drew. She was in Tom and Huck. As oh Becky yeah, Thatcher. she was Becky Thatcher. Yeah. I do remember that. And that what? was with uh, JTT, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brad Renfro. Brad Renfro. Wow. Yeah. Also, um, Mike McShane. I know you were about to say Mike McShane. Josie and the Pussycats. How did we forget right. that one? Well, I was about to say I have I have a couple more things. Oh, okay. Uh, on my list. Oh, the House of Yes is the name of oh, it. Oh, oh, okay. Young Jackie O. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. is in that too. I I saw it. I don't remember anything in particular about it, except for her talking about she had made she was basically cosplaying jackie o at the assassination Mm. and had and i remember her having a line about gluing elbow macaroni to the dress for the brains that's all i remember about that movie yep that seems right uh she's also in the dress to kill video from newfound glory she is indeed uh which is funny because uh newfound glory also covered kiss me which is uh was made famous by this movie i watched that video being like huh this guy is is it gonna be okay that this guy is like stalking this girl how are they gonna make this not how is this something that newfound glory why are you making this awful weird oh she's stalking him right back i see that is acceptable this is dressed to kill dressed to kill yeah Yeah, there's this guy who's like has walls of her picture on it and then the video ends by you finding out that she has walls of his picture on it because she's been stalking him too I'm not sure Which that is, makes it okay. It makes stalking it less of like... Stalking is bad even if the other person sure. is stalking you back. Like, just don't stalk each other. Maybe just go on a date like, you know... She's dating someone, so... Well, maybe break up with... I have not watched that music video yeah. since high school, so right. I don't remember the specifics. But if I may offer a suggestion, maybe break up with the person you're dating that you don't want to be dating and go on a yeah. date with the person that you want to be stalking. I... I agree, and I'm I'm certainly not coming down pro stalking. No, I know. <laughs> um, I was worried that it was going to be, uh, stalking forgiving. I guess yes. what, what I really mean is that at the end of the video, you're like, ah, they're both creeps. Got sure. it. Sure. Yes. Um, 
and that that did make people like they're um in the uh where's your boy video mm-hmm. this guy basically stalks this girl and then it turns out it's fine oh like he takes he like takes video of her like getting undressed and stuff and then she like finds him out in his van and and jumps in his van and i guess they like do it and then that's it and you're just like oh but what about the thing where he was filming you i guess it's fine Okay. Maybe she knew and that was like She I mean he had the video camera when she opened the door to the van, so like yeah, she knew. So maybe that maybe, maybe she, it was it was like a stalker fantasy. Yeah, type it was like a consensual thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably con- consensual. Um Yeah, so totally trivia, back in two thousand five or whenever. <laughs> consent was super big in two thousand five. Um mm-hmm. uh, she was the this is your brain on drugs girl. Yes, she was. She smashed uh, up a kitchen. Yeah, the the description is she was in a memorable anti-drug commercial where she smashes an egg with a frying pan. This is your brain on heroin and proceeds to trash the room with the frying pan. This is your family, friends, career, etc. She right. She wasn't in this is your brain on drugs. She was in the remember that this is your brain on drugs video. Well, here's an updated it ruins your whole life thing. Doesn't yeah. just mess up your brain. Right. Arguably one of the few effective anti-drug spots ever made. This says on this IMDb entry. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I I agree, I agree, but it's a weird editorial to have at yeah. the end of this piece of trivia. Um, then also this uh this musician named Fire Exit, uh, has two songs specifically for Rachel Lee Cook. The first song is called "This Is for Rachel Lee Cook." Okay, well that does certainly uh, <laughs> I mean it does what it says on the box. It exactly does, and then a rare acoustic track called "Dear Rachel." Um, okay. In an interview, Gareth Gerard, aka Fire Exit, who spells his name Fire Exit, where the E, there's only one E, and it's one word. So Fur so Exit. F- fur fire, Exit. Fur Exit, yeah. Right, or Exit. Fire um, uh Was asked about the songs, he replied, Rachel is everything, I love her very much. So I'm assuming he's in, in prison now. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, two more things. Uh, in early 2001, she met Ryan Reynolds and hit it off with him. However, she had to go film. She had to go to England to film the movie Blow Dry. Uh, he got out of fil- his filming schedule in 2001. I'm not sure what he would have been in. Uh, he flew to England and followed her all the way to London. And then they started dating for a year. Oh, so, I didn't know they had dated. Me neither. Uh, I just need to really quick see what he would have been uh, bailing on. Uh Possibly Van Wilder. That came oh. out in 2002. He may have... I mean, he, he was in Finder's Fee. That came out in 2001. I bet it was Van Wilder. He was like, hey guys, I gotta go see a girl. And they're like, he's... That's just so Van Wilder. You know what? Go. Go on. We're just gonna call it method acting and it's fine. <laughs> exactly. And finally, probably my favorite piece of trivia of all the trivia that I've ever done on these movie minutes. Maybe. Certainly for this movie. Um... <laughs> pulled it way back uh uh-huh. stephanie meyer based alice cullen on rachel lee cook she wrote alice cullen with rachel lee cook in mind okay um now rachel lee cook doesn't look anything like the actress that they got to play alice cullen but sure. i can see the journey from rachel lee cook to alice cullen to the actress that i can see the journey sure um but I think that's very cool because Alice is my favorite character in the Twilight stuff. Yes. And that's it. I have one final note, which is that yep. Rachel Lee Cook has very pretty hands. We get a lot of close-ups of her doing her art stuff. 
And she's got very yeah. nice hands, like nice long, like slender, I guess you would call them piano player's fingers. Yeah, with violinist. Like, yeah, like nice long nail beds. I've got like stubby fingers with really short nails, even when I grow my nails out. Like my nail beds are small. So. Here's my fingers. Yep, I see your fingers. Rachel's are prettier. I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I just had the thought that she was actually doing this art. Or do wait, let me phrase this question. Do you think how much of this art do you think she was actually doing? I mean, do I think that it was actually Rachel Lee Cook putting the art on the page? I think yes. Now, do okay. I think that she was doing it without any direction? Right. I don't know. Like the, they could have gotten like a hand double for when she's not on screen, but she's on screen for a lot of it. Yeah, and I don't, it seems weird that they would have gotten a hand double. They probably just told yeah. her, okay, now you're going to take this strip of headline and you're going to, you know, glue it up there and then paint over it with the red paint and, yeah. I don't know, just make it look messy and teen angsty. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say, um, uh, Rachel Cook's first movie was as, uh, was as, uh, Marianne in the Babysitter's Club uh, movie. I didn't say that. That was her we first? didn't mention it. That was her first thing, of all things. Really? Yeah. Why did I think that came after this? It definitely didn't. Babysitter's Club? Yeah. I don't know. No, that was definitely... I don't know why I had it in my head that that was after she made it big and she's all that. Yeah, no. uh, She was in the 18th Angel and and the House of Yes before she's all that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And Tom and Huck. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think um, in my brain, the projection, the the path there was Tom and Huck and then this and then the Babysitter's Club. And I don't know why. I do not know I why. I see. I see. I have no excuse. <laughs> I picture four sort of, you know, young teenage girls and fully adult Rachel Lee Cook as Marianne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think it's interesting that she would have been doing this art. Um and kind of cool way to get into character slash I hope you like uh, having paint on you. Yeah. You better ugh. get used to it because yeah. guess what? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's it, though. That's all the notes I have. Yeah, that's all I have for this minute. Shall I do social media? Yeah, do some social media for us. So uh, we have for this podcast as a whole and actually on back uh, for Crossroads Minute through present, we have a... Uh, 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 one Twitter handle, which is je underscore minute movies, mm-hmm. and uh, individually we have Twitter handles. Mine is at unabashed James, and I am at unabashedly Aaron. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, who you can find on Twitter at ScavengersNet, and you should do that. And also, you should go to the website, which is scavengersnetwork.com, uh, where you can see pictures of us you can hey if you're curious about other shows we've done if you're like only only two minutes are out minute zero and minute one ugh, i need more of them talking about some stuff well if you go to scavengersnetwork.com we have a whole page of james and aaron minute movies that have players for each of the things so mm-hmm. you can be like i want to listen to minute 25 of all of these things and you can you can so and if you do let me know how it goes yeah, l- let us let us know it would be really interesting if there was some way, and now I, I'm i afraid if I say this, James is going to do it, but if there's some way to chart, like if there's some similarities between 
Like, I wonder if there's a, cer- a specific point in each of our Minute Movie podcasts where we just start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, you know, as much as I love this movie, it's not like it has these problems and I'm not having as much fun with it as I thought I would. I feel like it's probably around the same point. I, um, possibly, it may be a percentage because Newsies is quite a bit longer yeah. than either of the other ones. Um, I do have on my random number generator list listen to the same minute of each okay. podcast. So I can actually let you know that. Listener, if you're wanting to do this or whatever, I want to suggest Minute 37 only because in the Newsies Minute trailer, I claimed Minute 37 was my favorite. <laughs> and I don't know why. I think so, you just said, I think every time we did a couple different takes and I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you said a different number each time. Probably. Um, I would like... Uh, to have a call to action for the listener. If you listen to 37 of all of the podcasts, all the movie podcasts that we've done, let us know which one was your favorite, which Mm -hmm. movie, uh, movie minute, minute 37 was your favorite. Yeah. And, and why? Because otherwise like, you know, anyways, show your work. Um, yeah, show your work. Exactly. What do you think this is? Virtual fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so that's going to be it for tonight, today, this afternoon, or this morning. Um, Whatever time you choose to listen right. to this podcast. Or noon or midnight. Yeah, yeah I, got I think you've covered all of it. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with minute two. Yep. But, but until then. Don't forget your paint-stained overalls. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.